The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Coach's Corner, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. you care about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again live from the league company studio with the hall of famer mo Patton. here's chris yow welcome back in southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint league company studio with an s (laughs) one in franklin one in nashville one in lawrenceburg we got you covered Talk about Southern Middle Tennessee sports. We just we go all the way from Nashville to Lawrenceburg, folks. It's pretty bringing, southern. Bringing you Reaction Monday. Hashtag Reaction Monday here. I I got a lot I got a lot of things on this on my my sheet here, and we're gonna do this over the next couple of segments anyway. So take your time, Mo. As I go through my thoughts you you if you've got anything that you want to talk about please feel free well i i, I just figured i would let you lead and i'll follow well let's go ahead and just get this out of the way so we can hopefully get jp's mind off of it what do you just say? rip the band-aid off huh? rip it off and let's just talk about this uh east tennessee state when we talked to chris <laughs> lee he basically said, okay, they're just not, they're not going to lose this game. So we're not even going to talk about it. Oh, wait, they did. Yeah. Mm. And they I'm didn't not just lose it. They got beat. And they, they, they lost it decisively. Yeah. That is 23 accurate. to three. How, and, how does that happen? Could, how does it happen? I, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't watch enough of it to really have a feel, but but I do remember we did see a couple of things, and and the one thing you said was they're not moving ETSU up front, and and they didn't, and that was my one thought about this ball game. If nothing else, they can just pound ETSU in the run game between the tackles and and eventually wear them down. And I don't know if it was from a lack of trying or a lack of ability, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, you know, and like you said on you when you said or your post on Facebook, and my response was that they're just not they're not any more talented than most FCS teams right now. They're just not more talented. They're they're not as talented, and and that just that's unfortunate for Vanderbilt, obviously, and we all know it's a difficult process to 
recruit to Vanderbilt. And I think that Clark Lee is going to give them a little bit of a unique perspective once he gets going in that recruiting process because he did play there. Right. But it's it's bad. I mean, they're in a dire situation here. Good thing is they play Colorado State next week, who also lost to an FCS team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's concern it's got to be concerning in that again, you you were not better in any phase maybe than, East, than, than East Tennessee State. And you gotta realize East Tennessee State was shut down. They didn't play football for like a full decade until 2013, I think it was. But since then, they have made the FCS playoffs. So it's not like they've just been trash for seven years. Well, they've not been trash, but they've. when was that? Because it's not been recent that they made the FCS playoffs, I don't think. Uh, I want to say it was. I mean, it, it's been since they were shut down. Yeah. Now, I yeah. mean, obviously, I don't know. Um. And I mean they they play in the Southern Conference, which is a good FCS conference. They were they they lost to Jacksonville State in 2018 okay. in the first round of the playoffs. All right. But I mean, and they they would have won the Southern Conference last year had they beaten Mercer and VMI lost to the Citadel. That did not happen. So mm. therefore, okay. all right, they they would have made it last year. That being said, you know. Vanderbilt's got what does it where do you go from here JP where do you go from here well you can only go up um <laughs> or sideways um <laughs> famous last word yeah I, you know it's um I, I purposefully have not uh, read anything about Saturday night it, it was it was bad um they clearly have a long way to go uh I I do think I, I don't think it was necessarily coaching like when when Derek Mason's first game they lost to Temple that was coaching uh they had no business losing that with the talent that was left to Derek Mason now apparently the, I'm gonna stop you just a second all right how many quarterbacks did they go through that year uh the first year of Mason Mm-hmm. They went through three, but he didn't start the right one and went all three in that first or I mean, four. I don't know. It was too many. <laughs> they, went through, they went through four. Yeah, he did. Well, he didn't, in my opinion, start the right one uh, for that game. Uh, he was overwhelmed that game uh, to start as a head coach. And uh, Clark Lee may have been. Uh, they just got beat physically by ETSU on Saturday night. So I And you that's know, not supposed to happen to an SEC Exactly. Team. Exactly. To Overall, to me, what it says is that the the uh, the talent level is lower than it's been since maybe Bobby Johnson got there. Um, okay, I'm, I'm gonna stop you again because the fact that they got beat physically, what's been going on in the weight room since Clark got there? And again, I'm not trying to make this about necessarily the coaching change, but. I'm I'm not ready to absolve him of all of this either. I'm not absolving Clark Lee of anything. I'm just telling you what I saw. Um, yeah. You know, v- Vanderbilt in that Temple game, they they made some stupid mistakes on oh, the yeah. field. Players did some some bad coaching decisions, and they lost the game. And it you know it wasn't close. Saturday night, 
mm-hmm. they just they just couldn't beat them. They yeah. just got outplayed physically, and you know, I every facet. In, in every facet, it wasn't that yeah. they you know there was you know five turnovers for Vanderbilt, and they just got beat. And you know, I I don't know, uh, you know, obviously not a good start for Clark Lee at all. It's it's the worst possible start you could have. Uh, however, um, I do think there is more organization than what they had. Now it obviously didn't show, and we'll we'll see. I mean, we'll we'll know right away if how much better they get from week one to week two, and that's always the you know the time when teams get uh, have the most improvement. So this is by far the biggest week for Clark Lee that he'll have for a long time at at his tenure at Vanderbilt. I, I mean, agree with that completely. Yeah, I mean, again, Colorado State lost to an FCS team as well. If they lose this game, you could be staring 0-12 in the face. Yeah, Connecticut's the only one um, they have on their schedule that is is worse. They also lost to an FCS team. And and their coach has announced is retiring. That he's retiring. Mm-hmm. He's like, please don't fire me. I'm going to retire, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> So so there's that. Um, Speaking of FBS teams losing to FCS teams, six times that happened this weekend, Mm -hmm. including one that hadn't happened in over 100 years, Montana beating Washington. But one that didn't happen is the one that stands out to me. And you're going to beam with with glee, Mo. (laughs) MPSU destroyed FCS playoff contender Monmouth. That's gotta be that's got to make Blue Raider fans pretty excited considering all that happened in week one. You know, if you're looking at it from thirty thousand feet. <laughs> what was the final to that one? Fifty to something. Fifty to fifteen. Oh yeah, we left it at, at twenty one seven at half. Twenty one seven at the half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they we looked like, like they had full control. Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> Yeah, six six FBS teams lost to FCS teams, and we weren't one of them. Yay! No, <laughs> I, I, that has to be a that has to be a, a point of pride at this point. Not having it, beating teams you're supposed to beat is a big deal nowadays. That when you when you spin it in that direction, that makes sense. You're right. You're right. Big win for the Blue Raiders. Yeah, we'll talk more about it tomorrow with Chip Walters on our show. I just wanted to mention that one real quick. Speaking of, let's just stay in state real quick. Tennessee State couldn't get any offense going yesterday, and they're lost to Grambling. Is that a worry for uh, for Eddie George, or is that just because his starting quarterback had COVID? Um, I, I would, I'd like to put it on the ladder, but I think you would like to have seen more out of them, even without, you know, even with the quarterback situation in flux. You know, Devin Starling got the one touchdown. Um. They had some penalties, unforced penalties, you know, offsides and illegal procedures and that thing, you know, that that you've got to get cleaned up. And um, I, I think that hopefully will be the focus for Coach George and that coaching staff here over the next week before they go to Memphis for the, um, the Southern Heritage Classic where he and, and Dion – will I'm sorry coach prime will face off so yeah well 
you know, and, and I watched a little bit of that Jackson State game yes, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely brutal game to watch, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> but it was coming an absolute just flood in Miami. So I understand the fact that Shador Sanders was able to complete 18 of 24 passes in that was was impressive in itself. Uh Outside of that, did, did, though, did, did, did they pull a Tom Brady? Did, you, did they check those balls? Because, <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, 18 of 24 in the kind of weather that you are describing? Come yeah. on now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, I, well, I'll tell you, he had a couple of couple of drops that, that would have helped him too, but neither here nor there. I thought – as far as the defense is concerned, I thought that if, if Jackson State plays defense like that against Tennessee State, it could be another mm. uh, pretty tough ball game. So I'll be interested to see how that one plays out because I'm obviously that's going to be a massive game with massive implications across HBCUs, and I think it's going to have a ton of fan support. I'm looking forward to. It. I thought there. I don't know if you saw this, but Tennessee State had a couple of delay of game penalties because the aristocrat of bands was in front of the play clock. <laughs> right before halftime, I did not see it. I am not shocked. <laughs> right before halftime, they're standing right in front of the play clock, and they they had a couple of delay of game penalties. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. Uh, hopefully, that will be rectified in the future. I just thought that was. <laughs> a note that we probably needed to to get to, um, but uh, but yeah. So I, I'm 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 excited. The, the the fan support at the Hall of Fame game was really good. So I, I'm excited to see what happens in Memphis as well. There will certainly be a lot of eyes on it. Yeah, not just in the stadium. And start- and and a lot of eyes that have not typically been on that game or on HBCU football. So that's the one thing that is positive from all of this is the visibility is becoming, I guess, bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, Real quick. We got a couple of minutes left. I want to talk about Presbyterian. (laughs) And I can't, I can't recall the kid's name now because I didn't look it up, but their quarterback uh, for the blue hose H O S E, yeah, blue hose. I would just like to to throw that out there. Um, Ren Hefley, not to be confused with Ren and Stimpy, but spelled the same. Uh, Ren Hefley throws ten touchdown passes for Presbyterian as a uh, he's a Michigan transfer. Oh goodness! And Kevin Kelly is the Presbyterian coach. And if you don't know who Kevin Kelly is, uh, he is the the former high school coach that that doesn't punt mm. oh the guy okay. from arkansas oh pulaski from pulaski academy. Academy. yeah from pulaski yeah. academy yeah he he doesn't punt they scored 84 points he didn't need to punt this week goodness gracious okay. 10 touchdowns from ren hefley and ryan greenhagen um pulling the bobby boucher ryan greenhagen had 30 tackles 30 <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't know where you were going with the Bobby Boucher. I was like, what did the water boy make the team and play or something? I didn't know. <laughs> so, so Fordham who's playing Nebraska, right? Mm-hmm. 
Fordham linebacker Ryan Grehagen has 30 tackles, 17 of them solo. Okay. Mm. Do you remember the scene from the, the LT camp where he's like the center hands the ball to the quarterback and then I try try to tackle him unless he hands it to somebody else, in which case I try to tackle that person. Like that was his game plan. <laughs> Find the ball, make a play. So did he just have every tackle before? <laughs> just about. He was named uh, National Player of the Week. So well done to Ryan Greenhagen. Uh, I thought that was interesting. So, In a 40-point loss. In a 40-point loss, but boy, that's impressive anyway. <laughs> hey, that goes back to what we've said. I didn't lose. <laughs> Y'all lost. Y'all lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. More college football reactions when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. A lot of SEC coming up, so stick around. We'll be right back. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at leecompany.com. That's leecompany.com. Hey, folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. and everything in between. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company Studio. With the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yow, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant coming to you from each of our humble abodes. J.P. with the Main Street Murray newspaper in the background there. Just want to inform those of you who are looking out for that should be getting it on that out on Wednesdays. If you are not getting it in the mailbox, you can sign up to subscribe on mainstreetmurray.com. Just click the hamburger menu and go to subscribe. You can have it mailed to you. It's absolutely free. If you are in the County, if you want to find it somewhere, there are plenty of rack locations also in that hamburger menu. You can just click rack location. It'll tell you everywhere that you can find it. So yeah, do that. 
Let me just tell you, the hamburger menu is that stack of three lines up in the upper left corner because the first couple of times you you made that comment to me, I'm like, what are you talking about? It looks like a hamburger. It it does. <laughs> Eventually. But initially it's like, what? Where's the cheese? Hamburger menu. The, Adi yeah. the Adidas <laughs> menu. Yeah, yeah. Three stripes. <laughs> oh, God. oh man anyway yeah. uh let's let's get into some some more college football reactions here but before we get into the sec i just want to take a moment to just say how impressed i am that mckenzie milton not only was able to put on a uniform but lead florida state to a comeback and to an overtime appearance last night against uh top 10 ranked notre dame well done no doubt um really you know a a touching story there with everything that happened to him at UCF two or three years ago and the fact that he is playing at all is 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 awesome and the way Florida State responded to him you know including the starter starting quarterback who went out because his helmet got knocked off um just that that whole thing that was that was really cool to see last night. I'm I'm glad that I actually had the game on when that developed. So it's yeah, a lot of fun guys. I think that game and that storyline and going to overtime, I think was the quintessential perfect picture of college football returning to what it was pre-pandemic, at least with the fans the storylines, the passion. I think that game last night really signified what that was all about. It, it was it, it was great. I, I'm a big fan, too, of Joe Tessitore, and I'm glad he's yes. back in college where I think he belongs. Um, it, it sounded like he was appreciative to be back in college, and Greg McElroy is not bad um, for a Bama boy. Uh, but uh, no, I, I really – no, he's he's pretty good. I like Joe Tessitore, and I, and I thought they, they did a good job kind of encapsulating that. Well, being in that in that time slot, the only game on, the only mm -hmm. thing that you can, I mean, if you're if you're watching college football and you're not gonna not watch Notre Dame, Florida State. I mean, yep. anybody who's, you know, who is in our age bracket is gonna be watching that game just if for nothing else, the nostalgia factor of those two teams playing together, and, and so it, it was. And then it turned into a great football yeah. game, which is exactly what you want for college football. College football got better last night because those two teams did what they did. Exactly. And Mackenzie Milton did what he did. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wasn't just in there as a gimmick. He comes in and he completes a pass right off the rip. He um, connects on a little shovel pass, leads them down for a touchdown there, like you said. And um, in the last segment, we were talking about UConn. <laughs> Brett McMurphy at Brett underscore McMurphy about 45 minutes ago. Randy Etzel steps down immediately as UConn's coach. Defensive coordinator Lou Spanos will serve as interim coach for remainder of season. Oh, wow. So, so he's not even staying then for the whole season. I wonder season. if he's any kin to Jesse Spanos. I've, oh, hey. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, a, little, a little Saved by the Bell reference there, Chris. Well done. Well, so does that mean that AC Slider will be suiting up for the Huskies then? Oh, he might be. They could use him. Oh. Could be any worse, huh? Could be any worse. But Zach Morris oh. at quarterback. Hey, come oh, on. Dear. Please no. <laughs> oh man. Hey, anyway. let's um Let's move into some SEC talk here because after just an absolute 
awful football game. I mean, just this was LSU Alabama <laughs> nine to six awful football game. Georgia ten, Clemson three, but. Looking at this Georgia schedule outside of Florida, is there any chance they're not a virtual lock to make the college football playoff? I mean, short of a loss to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Who even with it. Even yeah. with it. Well, yeah. Because who else? I mean. They're not going to lose to anybody else. Right. Meanwhile, does the ACC get a team in? I don't know who who Clemson can beat right now that that makes up for that loss. That makes up for that. Yeah. Especially if certainly not in the conference. Especially if Oregon was to happen to win this week and then you, with UCLA's win over LSU this weekend, the Pac-12 now looking like it mm. might it might get a team in finally. Just in time for the alliance. Just in time, yeah. Maybe that was the kicker. That's what they needed, this, the emotional support. Uh, to answer your question about Clemson, I, no, unfortunately, and, you know, North Carolina being 10th ranked, they lost. Yep. So so that uh, prestige is gone. Miami, uh, 14th ah. ranked. Now, Alabama, I mean, it's, you know, how much can you dock Miami for that? Because everybody would have lost to, to the Crimson Tide that way. But Miami – um, you know, a game Clemson to beat Miami doesn't mean as much now as it did. Uh, so the big marquee teams, you know, took it on the chin over the weekend. And you're right. I, I don't know. It'll have to be a numbers game. Pac-12 will have to play itself, itself out. You mm-hmm. know, Oklahoma. Um, or know, Texas. Or Texas. You know, you figure one of those are going to be in. If, if Unless they beat each other up. And that could happen. It's happened before. You know, Ohio your State. Ohio State oh, oh. is going to get in. Penn State might get in the way that they played and went to. His, Here's the thing: so Oklahoma didn't necessarily wow anybody. No, the way they beat uh, Tulane. But if they go undefeated, they're in. Right. Regardless I, I of how the they Big win, 12, they're going to be. Yeah, in. I think Oklahoma or Texas, with one or no losses, especially, they get in. I think Texas has to run the table. Oklahoma might could get in with one loss, but I think Texas will have to run the table. Depending on who it's well, to. it depends because if Texas if Texas is if Texas loses one, but they win the Big Twelve Championship, if they game, come back and be, if they lose to Oklahoma in their Red Rival, Red Rival, Red River rivalry. There you go. I can't they just call it the shootout. I'm calling it the Red River Shootout. Um, Thank you. Yeah, if, it's like the cocktail party. It's still the cocktail right. party. If they lose to Oklahoma that and then come back and beat them in the Big Twelve Championship, yeah, you're right. There's a chance. There's a chance there, uh, but and you think two teams from you know Alabama and Georgia? I mean, what I we think saw. The loser of Alabama Texas A and M could potentially get in. That's true. <laughs> I mean, the loser just... of Alabama Texas A and M if Alabama beats if that lo- if that winner beats Georgia Correct. in the SEC championship game. Correct, because you just treat the SEC championship game like a and then like a second round playoff. In that scenario, guys, you got a one loss Georgia, only loss SEC championship game, one loss Alabama, one loss Texas A and M. Now, the, obviously, the champion who beats Georgia goes. Then is it Georgia or Texas A and M or Alabama? Man, what if they took all three? Oh. Just. <laughs> 
That's what the SEC, that's what the yep. alliance is trying to avoid. Most. That's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Here's I, your alliance right here. Honestly, You're taking Alabama, Georgia, and yeah. AM to the playoffs. And if Plus, Oklahoma you, loses, put that in your alliance. They're out. I mean, smoking. then it's, yeah, then it's Oklahoma or Ohio State. I mean, and if, Ohio, like I said, if Ohio State loses to Oregon, I mean, mm-hmm. I think the Big Ten is good enough that you could play yourself back into it because, again, Penn State, Wisconsin, uh, even Minnesota played well against Ohio State. So uh, I, I think you could play yourself back into it there. But the Pac-12 with UCLA beating LSU, I don't big. think LSU is that good. And I know and, – and I guess we need to go ahead and talk about it, but I know I picked LSU to cover the four-and-a-half points. Uh, but I, I just thought that was just going to be because they were going to go out there and push them around. UCLA under Chip Kelly is looking good, and – to me, it feels like this UCLA or Oregon team could make a play for a playoff spot. As far as LSU goes, I'm trying to understand why did TJ Finley leave? You know, I well, the starting quarterback is hurt, right? So the guy that he lost the job to is hurt. Remember, he he tore his ACL or some oh, something. Oh, Miles Brennan. Yeah, so. He, he left because he, he thought that guy was going to be the starter, and he would have been uh, had he not gotten hurt, which has now led to this debacle. Yeah, the the behind-the-back pass. Did you see that? Oh, that that was... was so bad. <laughs> Did you see the, the tweet that was like, he, dude really thought he was Patrick Mahomes and just went for it. <laughs> it worked for him. <laughs> Yeah, you're not Patrick Mahomes, sir. It's, it's like tossing it's like tossing a garter at the end of a wedding reception. <laughs> I thought he looked like the guy from Nebraska who uh who threw the ball from out of out of bounds on punt return. Oh, yeah. from from the end zone. Yeah. It threw it out of the end zone. Yeah. None of none of that is good. And I don't think LSU is that good. I, I just I mean, especially without a good quarterback. So yes, but Nonetheless, it makes it, it makes UCLA look good. Now they get to the they get to the playoff and they end up like Washington having to play. I guess who did Washington get beat by? Was it Auburn or I don't remember who Washington got destroyed in the playoffs by somebody, and that's probably what's going to end up happening to UCLA. But I think they, with a win over an SEC team, you put yourself in the conversation now. I ranked you. SEC team. It's not like they, you know, beat Vanderbilt. Tennessee. Yes, you can say Vanderbilt. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say Kentucky, but Kentucky won pretty big too. Yeah, Kentucky looks good. They did. I thought Kentucky was as impressive as they have been because they were able to throw the football. Kentucky mm-hmm. might be the second best team in the East this year. Might well, be. especially after Emory Jones's trash performance, that guy looked like he couldn't play for. Me. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of looking forward to seeing what he was going to do. And now that we've seen what he's going to do, we can look forward to something else. His backup, however, played really well. So there's that. Which And apparently his backup is the first quarterback um, that Dan Mullen has recruited to Florida, from what I understand. Hmm. So he's Dan Mullen's guy. So that's already a knock against Emory. And then mm-hmm. you go out there and play poorly, and that guy plays well. 
I don't know that we see Emory Jones back on the field. And by the way, the backup wears number 15. <laughs> don't know how that number's not uh, in the rafters yet. But yeah, exactly. exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, what are they waiting on? <laughs> Apparently, this kid. I guess, I guess for, him to retire, maybe. For, I guess for him to stop trying to play in the NFL, maybe. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> sir. <laughs> sir, can you just you know give it up now, please? Uh. <laughs> um, no, Anthony Richardson. Now he was only three for eight passing, but he ran seven times for 160, 160 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> so. I mean, three of eight is not great, <laughs> but 17 of 27 for 113, a touchdown and two picks is not great either. And if then again, Emory Jones ran 10 times for 74 yards. So, I mean, I don't really know. I don't know where you go from here if you're Dan Mullen. He's got options. Yeah, options are good. And then finally, I gotta I gotta ask you this, Mo, because I, I mentioned it to JP. Did you happen to see uh what Manny Diaz said after the game when a reporter was asking him why they were struggling early against Alabama? Yeah, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> All right, hang on, let me get to it because it's it's hilarious. Uh he said <laughs> Pressed by one reporter about why Miami looked so bad early after having eight months to prepare, Diaz said, among other things, they've been doing this to everybody. They won the national championship by 30 points. <laughs> and so I replied and said, what, what is he, you know, as if I'm Diaz, what do you want me to do? These MFs roll everybody. <laughs> Warren Sapp and Ed Reed ain't walking through that door. There you go. I mean, <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> they they literally destroyed the second best team in college football last year by thirty points, and you thought I was going to do something? <laughs> they do this to they they do this to everybody. Literally, I mean that that's as good a response as there is to that. I and mean, I don't I don't know what you want him to say. I don't know what you wanted him to do under the circumstance. Heck, forty four thirteen. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. JP goes five and five in our pick'em this mm. week. Chris Yao goes zero and ten. Zero and ten. JP, did how you, do you not get a single game right? Out did of you 10, really go zero and ten? Lucky. Zero and ten. Wow. I don't even know how that's possible. I neglected to actually pick, but I was two and eight. So, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out how it's possible. Oh, got a three-game lead. So if you want to get in our pick'em, there we go. Yeah, if, if you want to get in on our pick'em. There, there's Can, room for people to win. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> even if you missed week one, you still got a shot. That's all I'm saying. Because I'm right there with you with zero mm. wins. <laughs> Glad I didn't put any money on any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, and right, 10. Really? Oh, and I cannot believe it. I could not believe it. Mm. When I saw it, I was like, that can't be right. Yeah. It was. It was true. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit of the Atlanta Braves when we come back. They're off tonight, but we got plenty to talk about from this past weekend. So stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be back to the Lee Company Studio right after this. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. 
You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Festop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership, and outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. When the Braves play, Chris and Mo are talking about it. Yeah, that's trash can juice. Speak for yourself. For better or worse, on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Back to the Lee Company studio. Yep, they're fans too. Here's Chris and Mo. Welcome back in. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Last segment on this Monday edition of the show. If you're watching on YouTube or on Twitter, congratulations. Or on Facebook. We are on Facebook today. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Facebook page, so that's positive. Um, we'll we'll try to add another page tomorrow and just keep adding pages until they make a stop. <laughs> until it no longer goes to uh, that the page anymore. So, I think what happened was when I un unclicked it to go there for us to go to YouTube on its own. That was a problem, JP. So. We'll figure it out. We'll get we'll get you back up on on Facebook, and uh, we'll be back on the radio tomorrow. WKOM and WZYXRadio.net. So check that out. I don't I don't I want to get into the Braves real quick, but I do want to ask you this question, Mo. Have you ever botched a joke worse than uh, hmm. Brian Kelly? Probably, because. Just not on national television. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm not. I'm not spontaneously funny either. I don't think, and certain, and I don't think that was spontaneous. I think that was part of the problem. I think, I think he was going to try to get that joke off no matter what he was asked, and I think that was part of the problem. Yeah, the the joke was not. when it was initially said by John McKay when he was coaching the Tampa Bay Bucks, it wasn't the full, you know, I, he wasn't talking about execution. He was asked about execution. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that, I mean, and he that's was, funny. He was set up. He was Coach, set what up. What did for you it? think about your team's execution? I'm, I'm all in, for it. I'm in favor. You know, yeah. But, but the way that this one went out, he, he butchered that one pretty bad. I just thought that was interesting. 
I just don't think he's a very funny guy under any circumstances. Well, and then you add in the fact that he has actually been involved in, yeah, there's the that. A player. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the the lack of self awareness there, mm. and I mean. You know, I made a couple of comments about it on Twitter last night and got some flack in response. I wasn't offended. I just thought it was stupid on its part. <laughs> it was just a bad joke, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> JB, what do you think? I, I, well, uh, just to, to let folks know that may not have heard it, uh, yeah. it was after the game talking about execution. And I don't remember if 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 Brian Kelly brought it brought up the term execution first or he, did. he was asked. Brian Kelly did thought. bring up the term yep. execution. That's why the joke didn't yes. work. And and he said something what they should all be executed. Yeah. And he said something about his it, it, he wasn't happy with his team's execution and perhaps his entire team should be executed. Yeah. It it was uh very poor. He has one of those wait, did he just say that? <laughs> Um, yeah, he, he, he doesn't have the delivery for that. Uh, but yeah, you're, I, I think you're right, Mo. I think, I think it was, uh, premeditated. I, I absolutely think it was premeditated and, and, and I don't, and I don't know why, <laughs> you know? And, and so afterwards he's trying to explain where it came from and that kind of thing. And coach, we know the joke. You just didn't do a good job of telling it. <laughs> from from USA Today, while speaking to ABC's Katie George, who asked no asked about Notre Dame's ability to withstand Florida State's impressive comeback, he had this to say: "I'm in favor of execution. Maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight." So, like, again, yeah. when John McKay said it, it was it was funny. Because, because it was set up. He was the, asked. Yeah. Yeah. About execution. There was there was no execution there other than him. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was I wanted to get that in because I thought it was hilarious that he really thought he did something. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. He did not. And and he's trying to figure out why why folks are upset about it, you know, because you're an idiot. Uh and yeah, he called the media idiots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Atlanta Braves, 72 and 64 after a split at Colorado. They won the bookends and probably should have been a little better on this road trip, but four and eight over the toughest part of the season, going dating back to that two game set with the Yankees. Not ideal, but could have been worse, Mo. It could have been a lot worse. I mean, they, they came out and they still sit atop the NL East despite all that. So, I mean, they've, they've got some work to do. They're, they're, up, they're not up as big as they had been, but they're still up. So, Still up like and, still have, and still have six games to play, three against the Phillies and three against the Mets. So you, you still have your, your opportunity. Mm -hmm. And you still get to play – as I'm looking at the schedule here, and I know you have to you have to go to Arizona, which is, you know, you, you've played well in Arizona. You don't want to play them at home, obviously, because you get swept. Um, <laughs> but you have to go to San Francisco, Arizona, and San Diego, and that's not going to be an easy trip. But right now, you get Washington, Miami, and then Colorado, who has been just atrocious on the road. On the road. So at home, they're tied. Or I'm sorry, they're a game back of the Dodgers for the best home record in the National League. 
So splitting a series there, not so bad. You and you like you said, you like this nine game homestand. Three against Washington, three against Miami, an off day, and then three against Colorado. I mean, if you go if you go two and one in each of those, even and maybe sweep one, you know, you're in pretty good shape, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Uh he, and then of course, you know, over as we look back, two one run losses. One of which, instant replay, oh, is has been the Achilles heel of the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> I don't know if anyone has had worse luck with instant replay than the Braves had, just because I don't pay attention to, you know, all 30 teams, I guess. But I can't imagine anybody coming out on the bad side of more reviews than Atlanta has. And and again, it's like why why do we even have it? Because that that Austin Riley call out at second base. Atrocious. But, yeah. The and Rosario I mean, I, the Rosario call was close, but I still I mean the way that the way the guy made the tag, I don't think you call you can call him safe. Yeah. But or you, you know, can't the, call him out, but he did. And the the, the Riley call, I mean I don't know how you miss it the first time around. Well, he got he got sh- he got shielded by the by the player. So the umpire was directly behind the shortstop. The shortstop directly behind him. That's how he missed that call, which is understandable. I don't know why I don't know why he moved, but whatever. Okay, well, that's fine. But he was out of position. But when you when you go to replay on that call and you still can't get it right and again, if if they in New York are loath to overturn the call on the field because they want to support the umpires, then they are killing the concept. I mean, that's not what replay is in place for to back these guys up. Replay is in place to get the call right. Why are baseball officials the only ones that are so worried about keeping their their colleagues uh, propped up Not, <laughs> the nfl doesn't care no the nfl turns you over if they yep. if the call is the call is the call on the, and there's just nothing you can do about it and if you botched it we're gonna we're gonna fix it college so, and- football college basketball doesn't matter nobody cares except mlb umpires apparently and and, and, and i'm not sure mlb umpires really care but apparently the, someone in New York thinks they do. And whoever whoever it was that came up with the idea, you know, don't tell them what the call on the field was. I think there's something to that. Absolutely. I think that would be the, the best way to make that change. Now, I don't know either that or let me hear the conversation. Mm. Because when the AAF did it and they said, all right, now what we're looking for here is whether or not the ball hit the ground before it came out of his hands or mm. whatever. When you are when you hear that conversation between those there, two. There's some transparency. There's there. transparency and you understand it as a fan. You can, you can understand, okay, well, now I see. What you know, they saw. I, I see what they saw. I mm-hmm. understand their thought process. I, I don't agree that, with it, but at least I see what they saw. That right there would be huge. Mm-hmm. So, 
nonetheless, is what it is. Still two games up. Uh, Duvall with a three-run homer yesterday because that's what he does. Is uh, is he is he tied for the National League league or is he leading the National League in RBIs with ninety four? I think he's tied. He's up there. He's yeah. either he's either first by himself or first for somebody else. An RBI machine, and Miami didn't want him. And and again, nobody's happier that he's back in Atlanta than George Plaster. Uh, I don't know. I might be now at this point because we needed somebody who could who could hit with risk, and apparently we got the guy we needed. So. You know, it's it's unfortunate for Jock Peterson because there's four guys for three spots, and Jock has kind of been nine man out lately. He has because Solaire has really been getting it done, and and Rosario has continued what he did down at Gwinnett, and so yeah, it's um, it's tough, and, and it's funny. Jock was the first one to get there. Yeah, I mean, he was the first one we went and got, and I, I think, I think, Ozzy's. Ozzy being able to lead off has been kind of the the nail in Jock's coffin because we needed a leadoff hitter and Jock had been so good at the leadoff spot uh, this season and that's right. why we went and got him. But obviously Ozzy has been very good. Well, there so, are still those that would tell you he needs to cut down on his strikeouts from the left side, but you know. Well, sure. I mean, that's if that's your only complaint, then. Congratulations! You have a guy with eighty-five RBIs who, you know, is in, in the leadoff spot. In the leadoff spot, congrats! Well, I mean, obviously he hasn't been there all year, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he's getting extra base hits. He's hitting home runs. He's doing everything that you want, you know, a leadoff guy to do. Yes, it would be great if he struck out less, but that'd be everybody. So whatever. <laughs> Charlie Morton, twenty million dollars for twenty twenty-two and a twenty-three option for the team with a twenty uh, for twenty million. What do you think? Solid. I mean, you can't argue with what he's done this year. He's pretty much been the ace of this staff. You know, um, Max has kind of been up and down over the course of the year. Charlie has pretty much, he's, he's given you six plus every time he's gone out, he's given you a chance to win every time he goes out. And, you know, as this team has surged over the course of the season, he's been a big part of that. So, you know, it's great to, think that they're going to have him around for another year to help solidify that that rotation. Yeah, especially if Soroka gets back and then you've got Anderson, Enoa, Breed, Morton, uh, Tukey. You, you, get, you, you, you get deep in a hurry. You get deep, in, and, and depth is huge because, remember, <laughs> Ian Anderson, Bryce Wilson, and who who else? Waskar Enoa started. All right. Or, um, A.J. Minter. Started mm -hmm. an NLCS game last year, so we need the depth. We'll take the depth. I'd much rather be deep than not. So, oh, without <laughs> question, yeah. Uh, yeah. we've lost JP. Oh, what yeah. else have we lost? I wonder. Uh, probably everything. No. Hey, JP. Hello. Hi. How are you, buddy? Well, he see you he's there. Yeah, he's there. I, I see him. He's yeah, he's just never went away. Oh, okay. okay. We just Good. what what did we, we lost your what did we face, tell you, man? Chris? Just keep going. Keep going. Listen, man, I was just I was just worried about you. I, I, I was I was scared that you had been abducted by aliens. I'm from Alabama. I believe in that those lucky. things. Or, or or by ETSU fans. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That was kind of Mo, 
yes, no, yes, you are. September 6, 2020, Freddie Freeman's second Grand Slam in three days and second of his career helped Atlanta to a 10-3 win over visiting Washington in the final four, final game of a four-game series, salvaging a split. Not a sweep. A <laughs> How do you salvage a sweep? You don't salvage a sweep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Freeman had gone 5,882 plate appearances over a 10-game career without a Grand Slam before hitting two in 10 plate appearances against the Nationals en route to the um, NL Most Valuable Player Award last year. Who? I know where you got this. I assume that they wrote it. Who's that? In-game career? Oh no, I wrote that. It was just a typo. Ten year oh, career. Okay, yeah. just making sure that. Yeah, five thousand eight hundred eighty two plate appearances in ten games. <laughs> Dang, yeah. homie, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he he had all the plate appearances. Yeah. And then and then he hit another one not too long after that, uh, prompting Chelsea to tweet. I guess everything comes in twos these days. No, this that was time. that that was Chelsea's tweet after this one. He oh, hit was one it? on Friday. And then he hit one on Sunday. This is the Sunday one. Ah, gotcha. And that's when everything came in twos. Yes. That was that was a great tweet. Yeah. Nashville Sounds. This week they are taking on Memphis at home. Tuesday, 705, first rising park. They lost five of six at Louisville. Hopefully we can talk to Jeff Hamm and try to figure out what's going on with the, the Nashville Sounds. If nothing else, get out to the ballpark this week. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We will see you tomorrow. Four o'clock. We'll talk to Chip Walters. Top five Tuesday. Obviously, talk some Braves. More college football, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, so stick around uh, for that tomorrow. Come back. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us today on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and everywhere else for JP Plant and Mo Patton. I'm Chris Yao saying, Have a great day. Stay cool, Columbia. Thank you for listening to the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast brought to you by Parks Motor Sales. Don't forget to listen each day live 9 to 11 a.m. on WKOM 1017 FM in Columbia. Also visit our website sm-tnsports.com for more local sports coverage in Southern Middle Tennessee.